0: Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am very glad you're here. Happy Thursday, August 12th. Second show this week, but on today's show, we called up Zach from Stalemates to discuss his exciting new adventure coming up this week. Really, it's coming up tomorrow. It's called the Stalemates Street League, an 11-match card set for this Friday. That's tomorrow here in Des Moines. Tickets are already sold out, but you can watch the event live on Patreon for just $4. Doing so also gets you access To a bunch of other exclusive stalemate stuff. He's kind of one of the hottest content creators in the wrestling game at the moment. Um, I know he does his YouTube show weekly, sometimes multiple times weekly, but he's kind of dabbling in a handful of other content creation stuff as well. He's got some um, gear that you guys can get, some other fun stuff. Um, I highly recommend that you check out his Patreon. I've actually put the link to do so in the show notes um, because, guys, not only does he create a bunch of content, but this card looks like a bunch of fun. It's not unlike kind of what the Hawkeye Wrestling Club did with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club Showdown Open. Um, there's also, you know, the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club, a handful of cards on Rockfin. So did uh, uh, the Wisconsin Wrestling RTC. The Cyclone uh, Regional Training Center not too long ago had a handful of matches that they um, put on up in Ames. Um, tons of RTCs and other, uh, you know, wrestling clubs and teams have put on events like this, and Stalemates decided to get in on the action. Again, 11 total matches, three main event bouts, eight more undercard bouts. The three main event matchups look like all sorts of fun, guys. Ian Parker versus Alan waters, which I think quietly might be the most intriguing matchup on the main event card, which is saying something because the other two, Chris Dardanes versus Colt McCrystal, and then obviously the big one, Kyvin Gadsden versus Pat Downey. The undercard features a lot more Iowa flavor. Lots of Grandview wrestlers, former and current, are on the card. Um, a local high school coach is going to lace them back up and go live one more time, and other wrestlers who may not be way past their prime, but definitely past their prime, who just kind of want to lace it up one more time and wrestle. Um, so that's going to be a really exciting evening, the match will be in folk style, but with a push out point again, I put the link to watch in the show notes because the tickets are sold out kind of speak to the overall excitement about this event. Um, So I brought Zach on to discuss the card, how it came together, um, kind of the process he he went into putting it up, um, what he's most looking forward to and so many other things. Um, And we actually begin the show talking about the Olympics, kind of what he took away from the action. And then we dive into you know how USA Wrestling's performance might help boost wrestling's overall profile nationwide. Um, Maybe what happened with the Greco program. So much more about the Olympics. That's the first half of the show. And then we spend the second half of the show talking about the Stalemate Street League. A quick disclaimer, we did record this show on Monday. It will be airing now today on Thursday. So some things might have changed. I think I saw on Twitter that he was looking for a replacement. Hopefully it's not one of the bigger cards. I haven't asked him. He hasn't told me. I was going to let him uh, break that news whenever uh, the time came to do so. Um, So, yeah, just quick disclaimer there. We recorded this on a Monday. We say so in the show, um, and this will come out on Thursday, and then the event obviously is on Friday. So it's a full show today, a whole hour long, but I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and I think you guys will too. So let's cue up that intro music, get this thing started. Thanks again for tuning in today, you guys, and I hope you all enjoy. we're here with stalemates can we say that do people know your name by now like can we, can we just call you stalemates or can we
1: me, yeah well, either one my, my government name is Zach <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we're here with Zach from stalemates um because we have you have I shouldn't say we you have a big event coming up um the stalemate street league I wanted to talk to you about that but before we get there this is like perfect timing to like host a wrestling event right man because we just got done with the Olympics. Um, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on the Olympics, too. Just, like, watching as much of it as you probably can. You said before that we jumped on here that missed a couple of the early sessions, which is fine. But you got to see a lot of really good wrestling. I'm sure you saw a bunch of highlights here of some of the stuff you missed. What was your kind of – like, what what'd you what you think of the Olympics? Not only, like, the wrestling itself, but also, like – it was a pretty good week for wrestling Twitter, too. Like, it was – like, there was yeah. a lot going on socially surrounding all the games and what.
1: Yeah, I think a good way to judge it that it was a good event was – the people who aren't normally intact with wrestling, seeing how many of people like that, like the more mainstream sports fans that got involved. Um, we put out a tweet about, like, it's cool to see, like, Nick Merckx, who's like a huge streamer gamer. A lot of people don't know who that is, but he's got millions of followers. Um, huge influence on the youth, like him tweeting about wrestling, uh, Pat McAfee, which most sports fans know who that is. King Dongs. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just a character, you know? So, like, if he's if those type of people are big cat, if those kinda of, Barstool big cat or big stool barstool big cat. There you go. If those kind of people are willing to, you know, talk about wrestling and get average sports fans, that's what it really's gonna to take to get wrestling to, you know, have more opportunities in in this sports space. Um, so I think altogether it's a win. And another thing I was thinking about was I felt like this year with the Olympics it lacked a lot of the superstars that we were used to in the past like Michael Phelps and um, Usain Bolt like all those huge A-list Olympians are kind of retired now and so now we're in this space of like who's going to be the next wave of Olympians that like everybody in America wants to watch and if you see people like Tamara Mensah-Stock and Gable Steveson like they are in the front running to be those next wave of A-listers so um, I think it's a W for wrestling.
0: No, I totally agree with you. And it helped that, like, right, they, they rustled out of their minds, right? Like yeah. nine Olympic medals, three champs. You mentioned Tamara Mensah-Stock in that video, that, you know, post-match interview that went viral. Yeah. Um, Carrie Underwood found it, right? Like yeah. she she retweeted that, I, you know, Gable doing his thing on Pat McAfee with Barstool, um, just the fact that the match unfolded the way it did, like that was another viral moment. You know, David Taylor got the Olympic special section cover in USA Today, like, the, you know, Magic Man plastered everywhere. Um, it was a really good week for wrestling, um, just, like, you know, and I'm still, like, I think there's a part of me that's still, like, processing it, because, like, oh, when yeah. we go to these Olympics, like, we tend to do pretty well, but, like, nine medals is, like, like, we only won 11 total medals over the last three Olympic Games, and that includes one of them being, like, Tervel getting bumped from fifth to bronze because of the the Russian Zeros, doping yeah. thing, yeah, so, like, like I don't like I'm still I'm still processing it and I guess I'm still wondering and maybe this is kind of where your area of expertise comes in like where and you touched on it a little bit just like how these guys you know how the brand is growing how wrestling as a sport is growing like virtually and the online conversation is so much more vibrant now because of this success like what does this do for wrestling right like what does this success do how does this how does this add to kind of you know wrestling social profile how does like where where is it going to be in Paris right because 2024 is not very far away. Um, hell, the world championships are coming up here soon. Like, you know,
1: how can wrestling capitalize on this momentum, right? I think um, you can definitely see the proof is in the pudding as far as wrestlers gaining popularity. Like Tamara, I looked at her Twitter um, because I was curious how winning a gold medal would affect, like, their social followings. So Tamara, I think the the day of that she won her gold medal, she had, like, 4,000 followers, and then that interview went wild for political reasons and whatnot. But she went from 4,000 followers to now she... The last time I checked, it was like 21,500 followers. That's insane. And it's not because wrestling fans found her. You know what I mean? It's yeah. because just America found out who she was. And, and uh, you know, even probably international people found out who she was be- because of an interview or because of... I mean, she also wouldn't have got the interview without the gold medal. Right. And... You know, I think somebody put up uh, who who should be OW of the Olympics. I would have picked her because yeah. she dominated through the whole thing. Um, and then someone like Gable, you know, the whole WWE stuff. People want to find out who's what's going to happen with that. People want to find out. I know he signed with the UFC or a MMA agent. Um, is he going to go that route? And so I think just kind of like seeing those people um, find their audiences and people are able to find out who they are. It's going to be great. I think with the world championships coming up in september that's gonna be huge because they we can't we can't you know we got to be able to translate though that average fan base to stuff like the world championships we got to make them care about that so if they know that you know tamara's in it or gable's in it or whoever's in it they they might tune in because they want to see you know is this legacy going to continue they can't wait another three or four years to the next olympics um so we just keep the ball rolling and keep the average fan like people like you uh people like us to keep people up to date and say hey you you like this person at the olympics watch them in september
0: yeah 100 percent no i I really like that because then that helps you know i mean you mentioned you know without like a superstar like michael phelps or like the fact that like simone biles struggled with a bunch of mental health stuff so she wasn't the superstar that i think everybody was i felt like
1: a lot of the a lot of the mainstream olympic athletes weren't really either a didn't live up to expectations like simone for her personal reasons that she has going on and i wouldn't say her stock like fell in any way because it's probably probably bigger than than anything now because of what she was going through and what she talked about but it didn't have you know michael phelps or lolo jones or usain bull all these big names so this year was like a big year for people to kind of break out and become superstars and I think wrestling was right there with them and I don't know if it's because I'm under such a you know microcosm of wrestling that I want to that I want to see wrestling succeed and I might be biased but I gauge it off people that I know that aren't wrestling fans and I got sent tons of clips of like Gable or or whoever Um, Gilman obviously here in Iowa is a big one so seeing all those people get attention from people who normally wouldn't be giving them attention. That's a W.
0: Yeah, no. And I think like, you know, I, it was kind of that way all throughout the games, right? Because, you know, like Caleb Dressel became a swim star. Like I watched yeah. a lot of swimming the week before wrestling, um, you know, gymnastics always gets the primetime slot. Right. So like Jade Carey was a superstar. Michaela Skinner is a name, you know, Jordan Childs, I think was one of the other gymnasts. And then you look at like track and field, like, um, you know, I know they didn't win the 100-meter dash, but, like, Kenny Bednerick, um, I think, oh, may, that may have been the 200. Him and Noah Lyles from the USA finished 2-3 yep. in the 200. Um, you know, Shout-out to Indian Hills. Shout-out to Indian Hills. Um, you know, like, Sydney McLaughlin in the, in the, uh, you know, uh, what was that, the 400 hurdles where she set another world record. Um, lots of cool opportunities. And then, like you mentioned, like, wrestling kind of was able to enter that space a little bit, not just because of the results, but, like, by some of, you know, in, in interview um you know the way gable won his gold the way david taylor won his gold like it was it was a really cool week for wrestling i thought um, what was your favorite part like wrestling on the mat performance uh, something that happened socially like what was like what what are you going to remember most about these olympics
1: my favorite part by far was john smith um, yes my dad is the one that kind of put it into perspective to me so i was telling you off air a little bit he is not like a diehard wrestling fan he grew up wrestling in high school at least but he fortunately he had to farm more than he could wrestle so um his career was short-lived but he's he's like he's always liked college wrestling but never really been too like intact he wasn't reading the forums he wasn't you know going to every single duel meet he'd come with us and stuff and obviously he likes to watch wrestling when he can but he's never been too hardcore about it but he loved John Smith. And I don't know if it's because my dad's like a farm guy and and you hear John Smith's southern accent and you know, everybody <laughs> loves the southern accent, right? But the main thing that my dad said was he was able to, because John Smith's so smart technically, he was able to understand high-level technical wrestling because John Smith's breaking it down in real time yeah. a lot of times before it even happened. So Tony Romo is a really good football analyst because he knows, hey, and he'll tell America, hey, America, watch this tight end. He's going to do this right here, and this guy's going to block, and he's going to be wide open. And then two seconds later, what happens? That exact sequence happened. That happened multiple times with John Smith. He did it with Helen Maroules. He did it in a Greco match. He said, do something. I can't remember what it was. But there's multiple times where John Smith told Americans who might not know wrestling like the back of their hand, like most wrestling fans he was able to break it down for them and and make them understand. Uh, UFC has good commentators that do that, and that that helps break down that technical, um, somewhat boring stuff for most people. That helps break it down for them and understand the level of technicality that's going on. Yeah. And then on top of that, he was just kind of a character. Whether he's going after the <laughs> officials, uh, his American bias was really good. Even the way he pronounced names, like from top to bottom, you could watch any wrestling match, and if John Smith was on the call, um, it made me like be even more of a fan of John Smith. I hope when he retires from coaching, we find a place for him to do this, or even even while he coaches. Hopefully, he hopefully he's able to uh, do some commentating. Obviously, he can't do NCAA stuff because he's still around, but. I would love to hear him on more, uh, more just wrestling media in general. You know, I know he doesn't do a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. Shout out to Ryan Warner; he did a really good uh, podcast on him. But I would love to see John Smith involved in our sport. He's, you know, a great ambassador. Jordan Burroughs obviously did a really good job too. But it was cool to hear from John Smith.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you there. It was a lot of fun just like listening to him and kind of like you said, just the ability to really. I don't want to say dumb down the high-level technique and what they were doing, but that, I mean, he, he explained. I mean, it is dumbed
1: down. Like, yeah. Like, you, you people like me who are dumb, like, have been able to <laughs> understand a lot of this, you know, the small interest, intric- intricacies of wrestling. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not an easy sport, you know. even I'm not saying that physically. Obviously, it's a physically demanding sport, but, like, try to break down a sequence to somebody sometime. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. And then halfway through you explaining that sequence, you're sitting there thinking, All right, this guy doesn't this guy doesn't understand what I'm saying, so I'm just gonna not explain it. John Smith did it for what? A week? Six days in a row, <laughs> yeah. seven days in a row. So Yeah,
0: no, being able to like break it down and and really introduce people who might not be similar wrestling diehards like us to kind of bring them in and explain to them and just like, you know, hey, this is why this happened, this is why this happened, mm-hmm. this is why this challenge is happening. You know, getting mad at the whistle, and then you know, just some of the memorable calls, right? Someone's you know, gonna
1: make a shirt sure that says like, "John Smith versus the Whistler." Like we tweeted, we something need a like that, but like there's decent stuff into like that. I would buy it in two seconds.
0: I would absolutely buy that. Yeah, John Smith versus the versus the whistle is the rivalry. I didn't know we
1: needed. I think John Smith wants a mat with no out of bounds. He wants no refs, <laughs> and I, he wants a thirty minute time clock. Oh, that's man. what he wants.
0: With tons of fake snaps and going to get yeah, it. Yeah, he
1: yeah, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. That was awesome. I like the way that he announced um, Tameramance of Stock's final opponent, uh, Aboradudu. Like, yeah. he, the way that he would just say it, like, he, 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 I don't know how to say him, so I can't make fun of him, but with that Southern draw, he's he just like, the way he would say stuff, like, he would almost look at it and just like, you know, one take it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, I think this is what it is. We're rolling with it. All yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to call now, which I think that's the correct pronunciation, but there's multiple names I'm like you could tell he was, like, saying what he was going to say, and then he would stop and look at the name and go for it. Yeah, and,
0: dude, and there were a ton of times during, like, the Greco competition where, like, you could tell he was, like, not only frustrated, but, like, I mean, I think a lot of us were confused watching Greco because, like, the rules are, are very hard to understand sometimes, and it's just the way that they've changed over the years to try and promote action in the same way that they've done on the freestyle side, like... You could tell he was like probably this close to be and I'm holding like my thumb and my pointer finger like very very close to just being like this is the most ridiculous
1: style of wrestling I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, let's talk about Greco for a second. Not to not to take over what you want to talk about, but <laughs> I know you're a big Greco fan and um I'm trying to be and we're all trying to be, let's be real. I'm trying to be a big Greco fan. I think the main thing is we need Americans to get better at it before we really are able to see growth. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's hard to watch a sport where we don't know the faces and the names. And I think guys like J'Angelo Hancock, he's fun to watch. I yeah. made sure to watch everything that he was on. And, um, you know, I think there needs to be rivalries and whatnot, like freestyle. We know a lot of the guys who are kind of neck and neck and who's going to get the spot and his storylines there. But what did you make of this Greco performance? Cause we didn't have a medalist, right? Yeah. Um, but I felt like a lot more people were talking about it, which wasn't always positive. But at least they're talking about it. Did you feel like this was? Uh, I mean, obviously, it could have been a lot better. But what did you? What did you feel like?
0: Yeah, about it? I think uh, I don't know that as many people would have talked about it if if like whoever decided the Olympic schedule. Like there was a women's weight every day, and it just so happened that like Adeline Gray. And Tamara Mensa stock rustled during the Greco tournament. And I think that helped draw people into the Greco competition a little bit more. Cause like, let, I, let's face it, the USA, they, they didn't do very well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, They went one in five overall. They didn't win a medal. It's the third straight Olympic games where they didn't win a medal. Um, you know, but like, Along with that, like, we kind of had a little bit of a saving grace, right? Because, like, Adeline got to the finals. Awesome. Won her first Olympic medal. Tamara won the dang thing, right? Like, that was awesome. Um, you know, the one bad day that I think America really had was what was that Monday where Alejandro Sancho lost, John Stefanowitz lost, Kayla Miracle went 0 and one but at the end of the day... Tamara won a gold medal, mm-hmm. right? Like at the end of, and I, it's kind of weird to say at the end of the, the day Tokyo because, day. yeah, it's sta- yeah, because it started 9 p.m. for us and then continued at 4:15. Like Tamara won a gold medal at the end of you know going 0 and 3, right? You know, and like we struggled through, you know, like Hancock's loss was devastating because that guy ended up winning bronze, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, Giangelo Hancock's like right there when it comes to trying to win an Olympic medal. Ildar got pulled into the um, struggled a little bit against both of his guys because he just ran into he literally ran into two medalists. Um, So, like, if it weren't for, you know, Adeline and Tamra doing their things, I wonder how much more critical of Greco we would be overall because all we would have seen, we would have seen three straight days of just straight losses, right, Right. or two or whatever it would have been if they did the schedule differently. So, like, it's really frustrating to, like, come off this high and also remember that, like, oh, yeah, like, the Greco team really struggled, even though, like, Ildar had a really rough draw, Hancock was super close – um, you know, we only took four of six, right? And one of the guys that didn't qualify was Adam Kuhn, who was a past world silver medalist. Like, mm-hmm. it was really, it was hard. Um, I don't, I honestly, like, I don't know what the fix is because, like, watching Greco, my biggest takeaway was just like Greco in itself at its root is literally just a fist fight, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, literally, yeah. I don't want to like ding the Americans for like losing the fist fight more often than not, quite literally five out of six times, but like. There was an element, like, watching when I was watching, like, all the Greco medal matches or the reprochage or, like, the semifinals, like, those dudes did not back down for six minutes. Not that the Americans didn't, and they didn't give it their all, but, like, it was just, it, there seemed to be a different level of fight that those Olympic medalists and Olympic champions in Greco-Roman have that we just didn't have. And it was really frustrating to watch because it's just, like, how do we just get tougher and I hate being critical because like, I'm not the man in the arena. I did, it does did not feel fair for me to like, say that I've never been on a level like that. But like, that was just what I saw was just that these guys are just so much tougher and they're just son of a bitches on the mat. Yeah. And they just, they bring it, they bring this level of fight that like, I just didn't see the Americans bring.
1: I think, I think on the fandom side, things are different too, because we don't know these guys. That's a good point. Um, that's a really good and point. And that's probably maybe the media's fault or, or maybe greco's fault i don't know but the fact of the matter is we know we knew who thomas Gillen was we knew who um all those guys were because yeah. they all wrestled high level at the ncaa level i don't did any of these greco guys ever wrestle like at the division one level at least that we would know about not to like not immediately offhand because right. like i know jangel hancock's only 23 like he right. he spurred his college stuff to, to go it is like they also didn't because they are focusing on Greco. Right, right, which is kind
0: of what you have to do which if you want to be good Which is what to it.
1: do. But at the same time, they lose that opportunity to really get themselves known. Yeah. So it's like this. It's going to hurt them if they wrestle in, like, Division One because a lot of those guys are good enough to do that, right? Yeah.
0: There's a few people that can pull it off. Like, I know, like, Taylor Lamont, for example. All-American Taylor for Mont, Utah Jesse Valley. Just
1: was one. Yeah,
0: he wrestled for a year at Wisconsin and then decided to go full Greco because right. he knew leg grabbing didn't help him.
1: Right. So... But at the same time, it also made him really popular. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's this. And like Adam Kuhn, obviously, yeah. like really popular. Um, Braxton Amos, like if he's able to make a Greco team sometime, uh, which he's got are probably our best guy ahead of him, you know, yeah. So Well,
0: hey, he's going to be at the junior Greco World Championships, which are next week. Yeah. So, so
1: if, guys, if guys like that, I think, can find a way to, to make the team and, and bring more popularity over.
0: That might help bring. That might help. I know what you're saying. That might. It's gonna help
1: bring popularity, and with popularity, you're gonna have little kids that are gonna be like, "Oh, like that guy's famous. I want to be famous." Well, and
0: and people will hear these stories and want to start investing, you know, time and money and resources. Like I I
1: look at like Jordan Burroughs. Like for me, as a little kid, I didn't really pay attention. Like I knew who Kale Sanderson was and and everything, right? But it needed like a Jordan Burroughs to be like, "Oh, this guy's dominating. Like he's an American and he's dominating." And then after that came the Kyle Dakes and the David Taylors and, and everybody else. Because for a while there, the men's freestyle was not what it is now, yeah. you know? But it took these big superstars to kind of really push the envelope, really raise the bar. I think Greco needs their Jordan Burroughs, which they're not, there's not a Jordan Burroughs in every street corner, you know? Right. You can't just go to the store and, and get a superstar. But they need some sort of superstar. I think Giangelo could do it. Yeah. I think the way that he wrestles, he's just super physical. He's got the hair. Yeah. He's got the style to him. Um, I love watching him wrestle. I think somebody like Giangelo needs to be the face of Greco, um, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think there's a part of him that's kind of embraced that already. Yeah. It's, you know, for the longest time, it was you know like Spencer Mango, yeah. Jesse Thielke was on the 2016 Olympic team. I think
1: another kid too that is fun to watch is at Benji Peek. Yeah, um, so he's a guy, yeah. you know. He he had some clip after uh, the World Team Trials. He won a match. He's like, "This is what I did. Like, yeah, right. That got me fired up. I don't even do Greco, but I'm you know I'm like I want to say that. Yeah, right. You know, so guys like Benji Peak was fun to watch, um, and then even like the, the Joe Rao and the Stefanowitz, Like, there were
0: a lot of people that were just like, if they didn't know what was going on, they were like, "Wait, why is this a thing?" Right. Right,
1: and that became this whole like kind of saga to it. Joe obviously was like feeling a certain way, and you know, Stefanowitz became the guy, but they need those rivalries, whether you like it or not, to help boost the profile 100%. Yeah,
0: no, I'm totally with you there. Um, I think there was maybe some hope that, like, after Adam Coon's run, that maybe he could be that dude because behind him you have Colton Schultz, who was an age level superstar Mm -hmm. in Greco. So, like, you wonder, you know, there's that. I mean, at the Cadet World Championships, Corey Land from Alabama, who um, got on that team because he beat Underwood's Gable Porter because there's always an Iowa tie. Then he ended up getting to the Cadet World Finals. Um, he lost, but like you know, he could be the next one of the next Greco superstars. Maybe I don't. He, he's probably going to want to wrestle in college because he's pretty good at folk style too. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's. It seems like you know, like they were so close in some aspects, but also like it just seems like there's for the third consecutive cycle that there's just so much work to do for US Greco. Um, which is frustrating for someone like me who's a Greco fan mm-hmm. and other people who I know are trying to get in on it and enjoy it. Um, the
1: passivity thing to me is the toughest part.
0: It It is a frustrating thing. And, and like, I, the the spirit behind the rule makes total sense to me as someone who's, tr- like, trying to bring people but along with this Greco thing. But I think it's
1: you just got to say, all right, someone's got to start up, someone's got to start down. Because that's kind of like... It
0: used to be that way. Like, the way, like, it used to... There was a time way back when, I don't know how long you've been following Freestyle and Greco, where... Um, In Greco, you had to win, for both freestyle and Greco, you had to win two out of three periods. Um, And for Greco specifically, each period was two minutes long. The first minute, you would wrestle on your feet. And then if it wasn't decided after a minute, like you could score points and whatnot, but the second minute, you get 30 seconds on top, you start in a reverse lift position, and then the next 30 seconds, your opponent gets... Uh, a chance to wrestle on top. And so Tech Falls back then, I think, were, like, 6-0 or 7-0. Right.
1: I mean, if a Russian gets on top, it's going to be rat wrap. It's going to be a wrap, Yeah, right. So I get why they would go away from that. Um, but at the same time, it's, like, it was tough to see, like...
0: It was very frustrating. Yeah.
1: And every, I mean, it was, like, every single match, it's, like, clockwork. You know, all right, he's going to go down. All right, the Russian's going down again. <laughs> or yeah. Or going on top again. Yeah,
0: or, like, you think both guys get a shot and then they right. don't. And,
1: and it's, it's that's the frustrating part. And I think for, like, an average fan... It's gonna to be tough to it's gonna to be tough to sell Greco the way the current rules are set up. Yeah, in my opinion, no, I'm I... probably gonna get dogged on. Uh, I know before somebody said that. I think Brandon Paulson said I hated Greco, which I don't know, so maybe he was joking or not. But um, I'm trying to get into it. You know, I'm I'm trying to get into it. I think I think um, in the pop in the social aspect, there's some work to be done. Um, and I'd love to I'd love to be an asset to Greco, so maybe we can figure that out. Yeah,
0: no, I'm totally with you there. lot of olympic talk you have a big event coming up this week which is why we're here yeah um 20 some minutes into the podcast
1: yeah i'm gonna (laughs) try to uh i'm gonna try to pull up the lineup here but go yeah
0: um but no the, the stalemate street league i was super curious um and i have the lineups too so we can we can chat about that for a little bit but i was really curious um How did this come about? Why did you want to do this? Like, kind of take me through the process of really trying to set up this card, man, because this is, one, really unique compared to maybe a lot of the other cards that we've seen, like with Ninny Line Wrestling Club, Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Flo's done a lot of different events. And now here you are with some high-profile matchups and also just some, like, really interesting matchups – um, which is really cool right on the heel of the Olympics, because it seems like wrestling's popularity and interest is at, is, is, is at a really high point right now. And here you come with this really cool event here in Des Moines. Like kind of walk me through the process of what what this was like setting it up.
1: Um, what it was like setting up was not a nightmare, but it was, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely I was pretty ignorant to the amount of hard work it takes to put on something like this. But no, in all seriousness, it was, uh, you know, we started stalemates a little over a year ago. So April, it was a year. Um, and then last summer, like the COVID summer, because of COVID, they had all these different like RTC cards, pay-per-view cards, and they were really fun. And it got me really to love freestyle, you know. And But at the same time, I'm thinking like there's so many different fans out here that are not freestyle fans. Like folk style wrestling is the biggest um, in terms of popularity for our sport. And so I'm thinking like there's really not a lot of, folk style cards like this there's not a lot of like one-off events that are folk style at least at the at the professional level because if you're trying to wrestle for a living you don't train folk style you train freestyle right and so I'm thinking like we have to do some sort of if we do a car if we do some sort of event which that was our goal this year we want to do like a live event um, we have to do folk style and so then I'm thinking like well if we do folk style like who would we get well i don't know if a lot of people know this but a lot of the freestyle wrestlers like there's only a small percentage of, of people who do that right like thousands of people wrestle every year but only like how many guys make the olympic team six <laughs> yeah you know um and then from there you have like the backups so maybe 12 and then maybe some training partners so maybe all together there's probably what like maybe like 50 people total who actually have a shot at like making you know uh, an olympic team or something like that so there's all these people who work like normal nine to five jobs or um have a business or maybe they're coaching and stuff like that who are really freaking good at wrestling so there's this like huge untapped market of people who are national champions are um you know all americans or this and that that aren't getting a chance to compete now this isn't a way for them to go and make a living you know right now so the for the fact that they're able to go out I saw like a lot of my pitch to these guys were like hey you want to you got one more matching you like <laughs> you do like I was kind of tugging on those competitive heartstrings that a lot of competitors have yeah and a lot of them were like yeah like what's that look like and so we would kind of I would be like give me a couple of days I'll find you an opponent and then next thing you know the ball was kind of rolling Um, our main event kind of came together and and like that was way bigger of an. this is way bigger of an event than we thought it was going to be but that's just wrestling in general like people want to go and and scrap and we can kind of break down the card and i could tell you how guys got on it because i think a lot of people were just kind of fascinated that we were able to get that some of the names that we were able to get and that's just because you know there's this huge market of wrestlers who are high level that didn't have a place and we think you know, at street league, stalemate street league, August 13th, uh, (laughs) that they they will be able to find that there. And so it's folk style, uh, a little bit of a freestyle spin to it. You got a push out point, uh, which we're kind of on the fence about. So we'll see how it plays out. You might not see that in the second one, but uh, for the most part, you know, we love folk style wrestling. I love these kind of like silly matchups that we have. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit, but for the most part, it's just, something that I'm a fan of, you
0: know, hundred percent. There's a, there's a link in the show notes. If you're listening to the Patreon because tickets are sold out,
1: um, sold out yeah. but
0: you can, it's $4 to watch um, all 11 matches. And, uh, the main events that you have here, I'm looking at the roster, um, or I guess the, the card officially. Um, Kyvan Gadsden versus Pat Downey, Chris Dardanes, Colt McChrystal, and Ian Parker, Allen Waters. Yeah. Um, shout out Park Hill High School. Alan Waters beat my tail for years yeah. Yeah. back home in Kansas City. Um, those are your main events. Those are like super intriguing matches, yeah. right? Because you got like Kyvan and Pat Downey are going back and forth on Twitter. Um, both guys have kind of been routinely on USA Wrestling's ladder um, Chris Dardanes, Colt McChrystal, um, you know, Chris Dardanes, you know, kind of a recent move into an Iowa guy, now the head coach at Perry. Colton McChrystal is a guy from Sergeant Bluff-Luton. Um, and then Ian Parker, obviously up at Iowa State. And then Alan Waters is a two-time All-American. He's a guy that's still chasing the Olympic dream. I think he trains out in North Carolina now. Um, those are some high-level matches,
1: yeah. man. So the the main thing there was, like, we originally had a budget for, like, one high-level match, yeah. and it wasn't much of a budget, right? <laughs> but my thing was, like, I didn't want to do a disservice to the fans if some, something were to happen to one of those guys, if they got injured and pulled out, yeah. or if they just didn't make their flight, or whatever, right? If or some, if Pat Downey just bailed at the last minute. <laughs> right? That's, I mean, shout out to Pat. I think he's going to show up. But if something were to happen where somebody did not make it to fight night, then there's really not much there, right? So we got a little insurance with Chris Dardanes and Colton McChrystal. I like that. Um, I will tell you what, getting Chris Dardanes was the toughest thing to do. Not because of Chris Dardanes. Well, actually, because of Chris Dardanes, but also not, right? So, like, I say not because I was like, I was like, somebody's like, hey, you should get Chris Dardanes on the on the card. I'm like, yeah, let me just do that. <laughs> so, then, so, he, so I'm like, I had somebody kind of reached out to him, and I heard he was not interested to do it. Yeah. Well... Then somebody else is like, hey, you should get Chris Sardines on the card. And I'm thinking, like, I just went through this with another guy an hour ago. You know, <laughs> like, maybe there's something to this, right? So yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, let me just get Chris Sardines on the phone. So he goes, well, I live with him. I'm like, oh, well, then go in the living room and talk to yeah, him. Like, yeah, you know? give, give him the so phone. So reach out to Chris. Chris is like, sure. And I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, what's this negotiation look like? And he's like, yeah, what, like, whatever. You know, he's like, oh, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> So that was really easy. Yeah. Right? But it was really freaking hard because nobody wants to wrestle Chris Darnain <laughs> because he's so physical, he's mean, yeah. he's tough as nails. Minnesota
0: to the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. He was I think an assistant at South Dakota State too. Like the dude just A tough savage, wrestling. Right? Tough wrestling leads with his head all the so time. So
1: Colt McChrystal was already on the card, but he was gonna wrestle somebody else, this uh, former Cornell wrestler. And the Cornell guy's like kinda of looking for a job and this and that and I'm kinda of getting the sense that he may or may not make it. So I reach out I'm reaching out to everybody like, like Hey I wanna re- I I wanna wrestle on your card I'm like, Okay, cool, how about Chris Dardanes? And everyone's like, Nope, not me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? And so I'm doing that for probably two weeks and I keep texting Chris like, dude, you're willing to be on our card, I will find you a wrestler. Like I will freaking go out there and get tech followed by you in two seconds that's <laughs> what it takes, you know what I mean? So I'm going through everybody, and I'm thinking, like, wait, this Crystal match might not happen. Like, why don't I just see if McChrystal wants to wrestle him? So I reach out to Colton. I'm like, hey, like, by chance, do you want to not wrestle this guy and wrestle Dardanes? And I'm thinking, here we go again. McChrystal's like, sure, let's do it. Heck, yeah. Sick. Yeah, my life would have been so much easier if I thought about that two weeks ago. So that one came together pretty easily. Um, Obviously, a lot of people know how Kyvan and Pat came together, and that one kind of sells itself. If you guys don't know about that match, just go on Twitter and scroll through. Those guys are going at it. It's, It's not a work. I think they do have high... Respect for each other, but at the same time, there are two competitive guys that have always kind of been around each other. So there's always that friction. So it's like that coworker that's always like kind of on your tail, and you guys kind of don't like each other, kind of thing. Yeah, um, those guys have been in the same rooms a lot, around the same weight. They both have a lot of attention on them. So naturally, those guys kind of are going at it. Yeah,
0: I think the first year after Kyven had graduated, Downey had come down to Iowa State from Iowa Central and became an All American at that
1: right. and so there was this kind of like overlapping and then like kyvin has been very vocal about kind of um not dissing iowa state but it didn't go how he wanted and then kyvin has been like the poster guy for iowa state and so there's a sense of pride like hey you don't you know don't crap where you eat type of thing you know? <laughs> so there's this kind of uh natural rivalry there. I think there there is respect there and we'll find out. You know, we're at a press conference on, on Thursday the day before and see how they really feel about each other. But <laughs> um, the last one on the main card is Alan Waters and Ian Parker. Dude, I love that matchup. I'm a huge fan of both those guys. Alan Waters wrestled with my cousin Mikey who's also on the card at Mizzou alan was a savage at the time. I hated the Iowa Hawkeyes the way, the, the way that <laughs> the the, him and Gilman like, going the back the way that forth. him and Gilman like hated each other like and then him flopping the, the wings and stuff like that. Like I <laughs> love that, right? And um someone's like you should get alan Waters and Thomas Gilman. And again, it's like, yeah, let me call Thomas Gilman up say hey, hey man, after, you just got done with the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I know you just got done with the Olympics, but drive to Des Moines on Friday, you know, like so Someone had reached out about that, and like, yeah, maybe, yeah, whatever, right? Thanks, but I don't think that's gonna happen. So then, then, literally a couple hours later, I get another message saying, "Hey, you should get Alan Waters on the card." I'm like, okay. <laughs> Alan Waters hasn't been talked about in wrestling in a few years now. Like, why are two people within an hour bringing him up? And so that person was like, well, he wants to wrestle on the card. Like, he's apparently going to be in Kansas City that weekend already, and he just yeah. wants to compete. So I reached out to him, and he was just like, yeah, like, I'd love to do it. Like, let's figure it out. So I said, give me two days. I'll find you opponent. We put stuff up on social media. Ian Parker, I'm a huge Iowa State fan. Yeah. Uh, so he, I had just watched him wrestle at the CYRTC did, like, this. Yeah, they did some wrestling. exhibition yeah. matches and stuff. So I went up there and, and kind of talked with some of the guys. I saw Ian there. I didn't talk to him, but... He was looking just shredded, (laughs) like, huge, and um, I'm like, man, this kid looks freaking good, like, he's looking good, and next thing you know, he reached out and was like, hey, who's that, because we had put up, like, who, does somebody want to wrestle 145 pounds? We have this, like, two-time All-American that wants to wrestle. He's like, hey, who is it? I'd love to do this, and um, so, you know, went back and forth with compliance and had to deal with all that stuff that the NCAA has to go through, and uh, got him approved, and it's going to be a freaking match. You know, I mean, I don't know. Do you get predictions ever? Like, how do you think it's going to go? You don't to say he's going to win, but, like, what do you think that match looks like?
0: Yeah, no, I think they're – like, they're both pretty technically sound wrestlers, right? Yeah. They're both um, – And I've,
1: Ian is bigger, like a that's, lot bigger. Yeah,
0: I was, I was honestly – that matchup specifically, like, Alan was a career 25-pounder at Mizzou. Um, I don't know how tall
1: he is. How tall is he? He's
0: I, he's about my height, like five five eight five seven 5'7", somewhere so around
1: there. have. he could have – like a lot of twenty five pounders are like five two, five four, you know, like yeah. shorter, five five. Yeah. So if he's if he's that big, like the rest of one fifty. So
0: Yeah. So I mean he's I mean, he probably walked around, you know, fifty, forty five, somewhere around there mm-hmm. when he was like in the off season. Um Allen's got I mean, he's got a mean streak to him if you you know, if you try to set the tone early, like he will absolutely throw back clubs at you. Yeah. Um
1: and he you know, almost had to fight someone on our undercard. Yeah, right? About, so. so,
0: like, he, I mean, he, he'll he scrap. Like, he's very technically sound. He's They're him. both
1: just, like, hard-nosed. Like, Ian's from Michigan. So, everybody yeah. from Michigan is a dogfight. Right? Yeah. So.
0: I'm very curious to see, like, you know, Alan probably has a little bit of a speed advantage, but Ian probably has, like, physicality. Like, how how is that going to work? Mm-hmm. Who's going to win? Like, yeah. is it going to be, you know, stronger? Is it going to be speed? Like, that's
1: and very intrigued by that matchup. I will say, if you're going to the... To the match, I'm hearing that Ian's coach was a recent NCAA champion. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: I wonder who that could be.
1: Yeah, and, and you know,
0: maybe, maybe if you, uh, I've heard that if you want to get on their good side, bring gummy bears. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't
1: know. I don't know. I can't promise you guys anything, but there might be some royalty in the house.
0: That's epic. That's epic. That's the main event. The 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 undercard, I suppose. Is kind of like you mentioned, man. It's littered with a lot of. There's a lot you know, going on there. There's a lot of like good wrestlers that I think a lot of people around Iowa are going to know. Maybe Correct. maybe a handful of people around the region. Yes. Um, those that follow a lot of D two D three wrestling, um, and some of the other lower levels collegiately. I mean, you got you know right off the bat, Jake Agnich from you know Southeast yeah. Polk's head coach, your neighbor. Yeah. Um. You know, looking at some of these other ones you mentioned, Mikey England um you know i i see Blake Sorensen and Jonathan Dennis Dennis i know is a Grandview guy Blake Sorensen is he's the older brother of, of Brandon Sorensen right Sorenson, yes and um,
1: he was a D2 finalist so a lot of these guys um
0: you know Wolfensberger and Werner like i know that those guys are right up in the Cedar Valley area i think yep. werner coaches at uh, Waverly shell rock right so yes
1: and uh, Werner was a Grandview guy you know, a lot of these things are, like, super interesting matchups. And, like, all, like I said, a lot of people aren't – or, like you said, a lot of people might not know who these guys are, but we're going to give you a reason to care about them. Yeah. Um, Mikey England's my cousin. He was around the 12 guy for Missouri. M-I-Z. Yeah. So he, he, he's got the <laughs> – that, that Mikey England-Jimmy Schuster match could honestly be in the main card. Um, Jimmy is a gamer. So Jimmy was a national champion for uh, Grandview, right? Yeah. He also though has some really good division like wins over division one guys. He's one of those guys who wasn't probably highly recruited out of high school. I think his highest finish in high school was like fifth, um, which in Iowa was good, a lot better than I ever did. But he was he went out there and beat Tanner Weatherman, who's like a long time, like. Not rival with Mikey. They were teammates. Uh, Weatherman but, was really good, Mikey, right? Or, <laughs> Mikey and Weatherman were a round of 12 guys. Yeah. so Weatherman Jimmy, was a round
0: of 12 guy like three years in a row.
1: Right. So Jimmy has a win over that guy. So that's a really interesting one. Uh, Jack Hurley and Jake Nyman. Jack Hurley, if you're paying attention to wrestling Twitter, is his name on there is oldest, greatest. So <laughs> one of these, I don't know if he's part of the, that whole Bob's Ring boys thing, but he's... He's got a little bit of an internet, uh, little little bit of a profile there. Yeah, a little bit of a profile there. Jake Neiman uh, is that part of the the Neiman family that a lot of those guys went on to play football,
0: or is he that is he that... played
1: football? Okay, and I don't know, but I don't know a lot about Jake. Jake reached out one day and was like, "Hey, I want this card," and I'm like, "Cool," like, you know,
0: because like Ben Neiman plays for the Chiefs now, maybe, so like I don't maybe, know if there's some sort of relation there or cousin. I can, ask, or I can or... ask
1: him, but he these two kids are two young kids that look pretty similar to each other so sick i I think what it was
0: jack that made the video that posted on twitter right or was that jake Jack
1: and jake we had like a little little back and forth well we had like jack's been going off on jake but jake's (laughs) Jake's like partying in vegas this week so sick okay Uh, peyton rice and colin heideman peyton rice is very well known in wrestling in iowa or the rice last name is i think his dad was a three-time state champ yeah Uh, peyton rice plays four times colin heideman fights mma now he's we have a couple of mma guys that are that's something i was like really excited to do was get mma guys to come over and do uh, a wrestling match so um heideman's from that cedar valley area the shell rocks and everything so yeah that'll be good tanner warner and Gunnar Wolfensberger. warner is a replacement for gustavo martinez okay but again if you're willing to take a match on a short notice you got to be a bad mofo (laughs) Wolfensburger. He UNI, right? Wolfensberger, uh, wrestled at U and I, right? Gunnar Wolfensburger wrestled at U and I had a winning record. He was like eighteen and twelve or something like that. Division one guy. He's actually gonna be probably the more I would say probably like accolated wrestler, but he's probably gonna be a little undersized, so it's gonna be kind of interesting there. Yeah. Um Huber and Fries, that was a match that came out of nowhere. <laughs> like usually a lot of people would reach out to be on and I would say no because it was like we were already full, and it's like, I've got to go find you an opponent, and that's kind of a pain in the, you know what? They were like, hey, well, like, he, Huber reached out to me. He's like, hey, I want to be on this. I'm like, okay, like, I know, I know they are pretty well. And he's like, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's like, no, I'll wrestle my coworker. And I'm thinking, well, is your coworker just a guy, you know? <laughs> he's like, no, he wrestled at, his name's Dakota Freeze. like, he wrestled at Wyoming.
0: Yeah, like, oh, oh, okay, D1. Yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> easy. I'm like, well, what weight? And they're like, we'll like, basically, they're like, we'll figure it out. Like, they're both, I think it's around 200 pounds, so. Oh, okay. Um, that was, like, super easy. Sorensen and Jonathan Dennis. Jonathan Dennis, uh, he was a late replacement for Derek Mayman. who, like, I was excited for Maiman to be on the card. His nickname's a caveman. He has a Wikipedia page. Sick. Bellator, Strikeforce, um, World Series of Fighting, maybe, like an old-school MMA did. Uh, but Blake Sorensen, obviously, if you're from Iowa, you know the Sorensen name. Yeah. Um, he was really good. I think he was, like, a four-time state placer. Uh, Jonathan Dennis, I don't really know much about him. but I know he, he
0: wrestled at Grandview.
1: Yeah, so shout-out to Grandview. I owe them heavily because they are letting us use quite a few of their wrestlers tonight. <laughs> I think, you know, Jonathan Dennis, Huber, Werner... Um, freaking Schuessler, and then they did have Gustavo on there, so they would have had five match, five guys. So, Granby will be in the house. So. <laughs> um, Sam White and Dylan Cox. All right, this is one we will slow down in a minute.
0: Sam so, White's talking some smack too.
1: <laughs> Dylan Cox first is a savage, A guy, um, just chiseled, coming from Atlantic. I think he plays fit. Uh, he wrestled in college at a JUCO, and I'm not sure where else he's really he's good right yeah so Sam White one day reaches out to us he's like I want to wrestle and I'm thinking like okay like I didn't know who Sam White was and I'm like yeah like these guys are around the same weight let's do it well Sam White was telling me all these people that he had beat and I'd said this on another show I'm like well he said he beat him but you don't know like maybe he did tell me and I didn't read it close enough a lot was going on at that time but I'm thinking like, okay, well, like, when did you beat these guys, right? Like, you can have a win over somebody, but was it when you were 10 years old? Yeah, right. You know like, what I mean? When, like, I don't know, right? It? And I probably should have looked into it more because he was not lying. He's got a win over Mason Beckman. He's got he got third at a tournament where Alan Waters got fit.
0: Yeah, no, dude, he pulled up that bracket and up like the receipts. It's like Mason Beckman, Alan Waters, right. Zach Horan. Like those were some dudes back dudes, in the day,
1: right? <laughs> so I'm like. So that day that he tweets that, everyone's like, "Where the heck did this come from?" (laughs) Because Sam White, his Twitter name is the Neon Tiger, he had 50 followers at the time, and it's like we have apparently have a savage on this guy. (laughs) He calls out one of the main event guys, who's in their in their heydays. Like they were both the same weight. Obviously, they wrestled in the same bracket. But Sam White's wrestling at like 133 pounds, where Alan Waters is wrestling at 150. I wish there was a way that we could run it back with those two like the night of. They're not going to be the same way so it's not going to happen but Sam White is going to be he was the kind of guy when we decided we we're going to do this that we wanted we wanted guys who not necessarily call people out but people who are going to be characters and like not care and yeah. i say sam white doesn't care what you think of him doesn't care his bio that day to like sam or alan finished waters finished ahead of alan waters yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> and alan waters told him he's like you're living in your glory days and sam white changes the location to glory days you know <laughs> i love alan waters but that was a that was kind of a funny troll um, and Alan Waters did have a good clout back. He's like, you fit like you finished ahead of me? That's a that's the biggest accolade of your whole life. <laughs> like, that was a bar. Dude, you know a- I mean? dude Alan, Alan's a savage, man. That like, was, he, <laughs> that, when he said that, I'm like, damn, Alan. And then the, the funny troll, like, Sam White owned it. And it's like, that, the only thing you can do when someone goes that far to, like, diss you yeah. is own it. Dude, if you just wear it, like, they can't if, hurt you If with Sam it, right? White would have came back with, like, another jab, it wouldn't have worked. Just because of, like, the clout that Alan Waters has and the clout that Sam White has – right now are yeah. two different things. Now, after Stanley Street League, the way that Sam White is being, he, he might be like, this is the put up he was, or shut up you moment. You know right? the UFC needed Ronda Rousey to like get the women going? He's our Ronda Rousey. Like, we need <laughs> Sam White to, to freaking, like we'll see if he wins. I don't know. but No pressure,
0: Sam White. You're Ronda Rousey. He's he's like,
1: <laughs> that's the guy that we need. So Sam, if you're listening, which he probably is, um, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and then Agnich and Owen. So, that was kind of like the the reason that that's on the card is they're both my friend. Yeah. So Agnich is obviously my neighbor. Um, and then Garrett Owens is a guy that I grew up with. That was like my main wrestling partner growing up as a kid from youth all the way up to high school. And that was one like, I was like, we need somebody on the card. So I was like, hey, you want to do this? And then I called the other guy, hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to wrestle my my neighbor? Hey, you want to wrestle my friend? Then, like, <laughs> that was one where it was like, hey, guys, I need a favor from you. Will you come out one more time? <laughs> Agnich, obviously, head coach of Southeast Polk, which is probably one of the biggest high schools in the Midwest in terms of wrestling. Um, Garrett is a uh, state qualifier, wrestled at Graceland a little bit. Uh, what makes this match interesting is Garrett is probably the only guy that's, like, cutting weight for this. Wow. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want him to. Like, everybody was like, I will find someone that's that walks around your same weight. Yeah. you guys can go, and, like, we'll figure out an exact – you know weight but you're no one's gonna cut weight garrett was like i want to cut weight like i want to take this seriously like, god dang man yeah <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> why would you want to do that and he's like no i'm like well if you want to cut weight like you can wrestle my neighbor. so Agnich like wrestles every day uh, yeah with like Jose roga and the martinson brothers and and the whole, like he's a coach right? yeah they practice and he's he's wrong so he the other day weighed like 140 this match is at 145. <laughs> Garrett's cutting from like 160, Jeez. so like Agnich is probably the more technical wrestler. Yeah, um, has more accolades. He got second in state, uh, fifth at Warburg. Yeah, Owens is a lot bigger, like a lot bigger. That, yeah, that'll be that'll so be an that'll, interesting little clash. If, can, if Garrett can slow him down, and Garrett wanted to be the underdog, so I feel comfortable saying this. Like, like, <laughs> okay, he's like, no, if I I want somebody that's gonna be the underdog because he wants he wants to prove a point. So Garrett's probably taking this really seriously um i mean all these guys are they're all training yeah but garrett is like cutting weight like you don't cut weight that's like serious you don't cut weight to not care yeah so he's sending me Snapchats every day of him in the sauna like getting down um don't worry though we get we got medical professionals on staff so um that's pretty much the whole lineup hopefully this i feel like every time i do an interview something happens and, and somebody gets pulled out but I'm pumped for it. Uh, the tickets are sold out, but if you go to Stanley, or if you go to Patreon.com/stalemates, uh, you can. All you gotta do is be a subscription member for one month. That's three dollars and ninety-nine cents. And we got some other tricks up our sleeve. And, and there, like I said earlier, there's gonna be some people in the audience that that people are gonna be excited to see. So um, <laughs> I just bought my suit yesterday. So Sick. I'm Always wearing get, a suit. I got to get a haircut this week, but other than that uh i'm freaking pumped man you're, you're gonna show up absolutely you're be cool. i'll be there you're gonna do the tweet i will i will do the tweet yeah. i'll give you a, hey
0: what's up hello <laughs> we'll right. be there
1: yeah sweet um yeah we're pumped for it man and shout out to uh sticker mule with good daskies he's helping us and barbarian apparel they're helping us too you can blur that out if you don't want to clue that <laughs> um, no we'll give him some pub absolutely yeah. so without and like people like you helping us out um, obviously, IA Wrestle is helping us out here and there. So everybody, like, this isn't just me and Tyler, my business partner Helsing with of This is, like, t- a, a lot of people, you know, behind the scenes helping us out. Uh, if you're an Iowa Hawkeye fan, Matt McDonough's on the call. That's awesome. Yeah, so he was actually supposed to wrestle, and, like, I was trying to get him to wrestle some some people that he he may or may not have problems with throughout the years. <laughs> so, he was like, dude, what do you, like, he was like, Kind of, it was kind of funny he was kind of being like like what are you doing like, you know, I'm like fine ignore that i said that like whatever like we talked on the phone from like like all right fine you don't have to wrestle with him but will you commentate for me at least like and he was like done like i'll I'll be there so um mcdonough ryan warner uh mascot corby all on the call your internet fam a little bit that's awesome um so the whole thing's gonna be good walkout songs are gonna be good this is this is I, I know it's cliche to say this, but I think this is something that truly hasn't been done at this level. So, um, get excited for it. Yeah. That's
0: that's epic. That's again, this is this Friday. I sh- should full disclosure, we're talking on a Monday. So, fingers yeah. crossed that nothing yeah. bad happens. Today is
1: August. Uh, I don't even know at this point.
0: August ninth, ninth, something like Dang, that. That scares uh, me. I hate hearing <laughs> <it>. I <laughs> August hate hearing 9th. Uh, we will post this podcast Thursday morning so that people have two full days to listen to and get ready for this.
1: If you're listening to it in the morning. At four o'clock today, Thursday, we're speaking as it's Thursday now. There'll be a press conference at four. Uh, you can catch it on our Facebook and our YouTube Stalemates. So um, we'll have Kevin in the building and Pat in the building. Be fireworks. That'll be awesome. That'll yep. be awesome.
0: Again, there's there's a link in the show notes here if you're listening. Um, four dollars to subscribe Patreon slash Stalemates. Um, that's epic, man. I, I think the, the last question I had for you is, I, you know, you ran through the cards, you ran through the main events, um, all the bells and whistles that are going to be part of this. What are you most looking forward to?
1: Oh, man, the most – honestly, the wrestling. You know, like I've done a few of these shows where I've got to tell people a little bit about the card and people ask me who they think is going to win, and I'm talking to people. and And there's honestly, like, not many of the matches – like, okay, let me send some shots fired. <laughs> can I do that real quick? Yes, this is, Absolutely, This is Let's your go. viral moment, you can clip this. Let's go. If you looked at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club card, which I loved. Yeah. Or you looked at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club card, which there are multiples, right? I love all those people. They're great people. They do great things for the sport. The Hockey Wrestling Club has been great to me, no matter how much I... Pretending hate the Hawks, right? <laughs> Kale's like my freaking idol. <laughs> but none of those cards were like even matchups for the most part. Like there was a couple, yeah. right? But like it's also their guys, you know. So I, just trying to get their guys. They're matches, trying to get their right? guys matches. But it's like they had guys out there that were heavy, heavy favorites. Yeah. Um, Flo did a good job kind of matching guys up. Like obviously they they do a good job. But these matches that we have. Some of them are probably better wrestlers, but the other guy has like an equal advantage in size or just being more active today. Yeah. So from top to bottom, this whole card is is I don't I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody was gonna try to like do some odds on this, and I'm like, dude, I'm not the guy to ask. <laughs> one, I'm a bad gambler, but two, like the wrestling's gonna be. If the wrestling's not great, like the entertainment will be, but the wrestling. I don't know who to, I don't know who to tell you to pick because they're both good. Like look at Kyvan and Pat. like Kyvan's still training, like he's hitting it like he's trying to be on the Olympic team and and uh, he's one of the top guys in the US. Pat's out in his backyard swinging swords and maces like working out with those things. <laughs> and people are like laughing at him and, and not laughing at him, but people are like, oh, Pat, come on, you need to train, you need to focus. But if there's one dude who can come off the couch and do it, Probably the guy that at one point, let's be honest, he made a world team. He like, came out and and looked freaking good, like Pat's a scrapper. Yeah. So I could spend all day talking about this car, but at the end of the day, I don't know who's going to win. I really don't. And um, it's going to be fireworks either way. So the one thing I'm looking at, that was a long answer, I'm just excited for the wrestling.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I think I am too. I'm excited to be in the building there. Um, I'm going to get you your tweet, But then also like just – these matchups, like, a lot of these guys, like, I just, you know, like, I've seen Allen and Ian
1: Parker wrestle, not each other, but I've seen them wrestle. Well, people want to know, like, yeah, what would happen? Yeah. What would happen? Like, there's no world in out, there's no world in which Allen Waters and Ian Parker should wrestle each other. Because Allen's older, smaller, Ian's younger, wrestles bigger. Why would they ever be in something?
0: Only at Stalemate Street Only League. at Stalemate
1: Street League. <laughs> Why would Tybin and Pat ever wrestle each other? They're, they're not at the same weight class. They're not, I mean, they're kind of the same age, but... Stalemate Street League, yeah. Gardanes, Crystal. like, why would they wrestle each other? They're both coaching now in high school. Well, you get to see it here.
0: Stalemate Street League. Yeah. That's understand. awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Um, the wrestling itself, but also just the show that I know you guys are going to put on because yeah. I know you you very excited about everything that's going on around the wrestling as well. I'm excited. I hope other people are too. I hope other people show up and show in and 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 tune into the broadcast because like you said warner corby and matt McDonough are going to be on the call that's going to be an entertaining group of a group of guys um yeah man i think i that was everything i i wanted from you I, is there anything else you have before we sign off here this is i know it's my show but it's also your show too i want to yeah. make sure we get everything out there
1: no i think um even if you guys don't tune into this event we're going to still do this stuff in the future so um if you're listening out there and and uh you like what you hear just just follow us on stalemate show on twitter or, or uh stalemate show on instagram and we're also on facebook stalemate so um most vocal on twitter but you can find us you can find us about anywhere stalemate's on youtube you can hit subscribe and pay attention um if you if you dislike our videos dislike it hit the button twice so uh so you really get it in the, you know what I'm saying, so. no but uh, I appreciate you guys for, for reaching out and, and doing this. This means a lot. We're a lot smaller than, uh, the one register and, and <laughs> you, you got the blue check mark and we don't. So I appreciate you extending the ladder down to the sorry people. Maybe one day we can, uh, be on your level, but no, in all serious, thank you for, for, uh, helping us do this. And we hope to do the wrestling world, a. uh, uh, not a favor, but we hope to do him justice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, one last time, um, the link to watch Patreon slash Stalemates in the bio. Go click it. Go subscribe. Make sure to tune in. Um, it's going to be right here in Des Moines, which I think we'd be stupid. We'd be in the register to not try and promote more wrestling here yeah. in the state of Iowa. Um, and it just looks like it's gonna be a fun card man so i'm excited i'm glad you're super jazzed about it it is fight week officially you tweeted that yes it um, is um man i can't wait so hey, what's up hello hey what's up hello i appreciate the time man and i can't wait for can't wait for friday
1: Heck yeah, man.
0: Big, big thank you again to Zach from Stalemates for his time. Always love picking his brain about the wrestling world and where it's headed. And and more than happy to give him some time to promote his awesome event coming up tomorrow night. Again, I will be there. I hope to see you guys there. Um, if you have tickets, again, the tickets are sold out. Um, so you can definitely, uh, you can still watch, obviously, through the Patreon link, which, again, I did put in my show notes. So go click on that. Throw uh, throw the homie from Stalemates um, just a little bit of money to catch this wildly entertaining card. I'm very excited for it. Again, the Stalemate Street League live this Friday in Des Moines. Tickets are sold out, but again, you can watch it online through his Patreon. Click it, buy it, enjoy the action with us on Friday. Guys, you will not regret it, I promise. But that's all we've got today. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Follow your boy on Twitter, at Cody Goodwin, also on Instagram, at Cody J. Goodwin, and be all sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register, catch all my stories, mailbacks, analysis, and videos. You can find links to do all of that, as well as stories from this past week, in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.